0: Hey podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a non ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our mission is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word through the most effective media available, like this podcast. To support Pathway to Victory, go to ptv.org slash podcast and click the donate button or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Hi, this is Robert Jeffress,
1: and I'm glad to study God's Word with you every day on this Bible teaching program on today's edition a Pathway to Victory. Technically, angels encompass two different groups of angels. We talk about the holy angels who are in heaven to do God's will, and then we talk about fallen angels we call demons who execute Satan's will. In theology, we call this the study of angeology, the study of angels.
0: Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Encounters with angels can be found all throughout the Old and New Testaments. They appear in dreams and in person to carry out tasks on God's behalf. But are the angels still at work? Today on Pathway to Victory... Dr. Robert Jeffress explains how to recognize the ministry of angels in our lives. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and
1: welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Did you realize there's a whole segment of our population that is tiptoeing through their day, hoping that nothing bad will happen to them? It's a ludicrous notion, but fear prevails. Well, that shouldn't surprise us. Anytime we allow ourselves to drift from the truth, we can fall prey to these silly ideas that are crafted by the enemy. It's one of the reasons we're instructed by Paul to become students of the Word of God. Nothing will protect us from false teaching quite like remaining grounded in the truth of Scripture. At Pathway to Victory, we have prepared two very helpful resources to guide you this month. The first is Pathway Magazine. If you're not receiving this exclusive periodical from Pathway to Victory, now's the time to sign up at ptv.org. Pathway magazine contains daily devotional readings and a variety of fascinating articles that will keep you grounded in your faith. The second resource is a best-selling book I've written for you, one that complements our current teaching series. It's called What Every Christian Should Know, 10 Core Beliefs for Standing Strong in a Shifting World. In my book, I'm going to help you grasp 10 essential doctrines that will keep you standing strong. In fact, if you have children or grandchildren who've begun to second-guess their Christian faith, this would make a tremendous gift. A hardbound copy of my book is yours for the asking when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Now, it's time to get started with our next study in the teaching series, What Every Christian Should Know. I titled today's message, What Every Christian Should Know About Angels and Demons. What do we need to know about angels? Let me mention three things. First of all, angels are created beings. What do we know about the creation of angels? Well, first of all, angels were direct creations of God. Secondly, angels will exist forever. Some will live in heaven with God praising him. Other fallen angels will be in the lake of fire, as we'll see for a moment. But angels will exist forever. Thirdly, angels have an intellect, they can think. Fourthly, angels have emotions, they feel things. Fifth, angels have a will. By that, I mean they can make choices, they have a will. By the way, angels can appear to be human. And uh, Hebrews 13 gives us a warning saying, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this, some have entertained angels without even knowing it. Angels can appear to be human at times. So we've seen angels are created by God. Secondly, and this is, I know, what you're gonna be particularly interested in, angels minister to believers, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, uh, the writer says we're not to worship angels because God has given Christ a special place of prominence. He's the one whose enemies will be made into a footstool. Well, then what is the purpose of angels? Look at Hebrews 1:14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Who is it that inherits salvation? It's you and me. It's Christians. And God has sent angels to be ministers to those of us who are children of God. And as you look through scripture, you discover there are at least four ways that angels minister to you and me. First of all, God uses angels to sustain and encourage us. Secondly, angels sometimes will reveal God's will to us. Now, let me be quick to say, this isn't the norm, but it has happened before that God has revealed his will through an angel. That's what happened to Joseph when he discovered that Mary was pregnant and he was not the father. He was tempted to end the engagement. But notice what happened in Matthew 1, verse 20. But when Joseph had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Remember, it was an angel who revealed to Philip his plan in Acts chapter 8, his need to leave the Gaza Road and to go and minister to an Ethiopian court official. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes God uses angels to communicate God's plan for us. Now, we need to be very careful because angels can be deceptive. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, the apostle Paul says, Satan can appear as an angel of light to deceive people. Do you remember Muhammad, the false prophet from the 7th century B.C.? the founder of Islam, he claims that his revelation from God that led him to begin this new religion that led to the writing of the Koran, this revelation came from an angel. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, a cult, an anti-Christian religion, a deception Joseph Smith claims that the angel Moroni appeared to him and delivered to him the golden tablets. Now, I happen to believe that Joseph Smith and Muhammad did see an angel. I think an angel did come to them and deliver this false religion that has deceived hundreds of millions of people around the world and led them to hell. But I think the angel they saw was Satan. It was Satan, an angel of light, who led to the deception that has led to the eternal death of so many. Be careful with angelic revelations. Any so-called revelation we have for an angel must align with the teaching of the Word of God. If it does not align with God's Word, if it contradicts God's Word, it's not a holy angel, it is a satanic angel that has brought that message. Thirdly, angels protect us from physical and spiritual harm. As startling as it may seem to you, did you know Satan's strategy is to cause your premature death? He would love to kill you prematurely before God's time. If you're not a Christian yet, Satan wants to destroy you before you have the opportunity to trust in Christ as your savior and receive eternal life. He wants to take you to hell with him forever and ever. If you're a Christian, Satan knows he can't take your eternal soul but he wants to kill you so that he can destroy your witness for Christ. He would love to do that. How does God protect us from our premature death? He does so through angels. We read this passage from Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. Here's a promise for all believers. For God will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They, the angels, will bear you up in their hands that you should not strike your foot against a stone. Do those verses sound familiar to you? Remember, they were the verses that Satan quoted when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness. He said, Jesus, why not go to the height?" place of the temple, the pinnacle, and throw yourself down from the temple because after all, you're the son of God and the Bible promises that God will protect you. The angels will protect you from even dashing your foot against the stone. By the way, Satan knows the Bible better than most Christians do today. So he tempted him with God's word. And of course, Jesus knew God's word too. In Deuteronomy 6.12, he quoted thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. You're not supposed to tempt God. But there is a promise that God will protect us. Now, as you know, (laughs) we had a little mishap uh, on our vacation. Amy did not strike her foot against a stone, but she struck it on a hotel hazard (laughs) that was out in the middle of the sidewalk. And she fell and got banged up pretty badly. Now, it's easy for us to ask, where was Amy's guardian angel? Was he on vacation too? What happened? Well, remember, there is no guarantee in Scripture that you're going to be protected from any harm whatsoever or any mishap. Too many Christians can testify of accidents they've experienced. Here's what this psalm is promising. God will protect you from premature death. There's a great saying I read one time, every Christian is immortal until his work on earth is done. Did you know you have God's supernatural protection? You're not going to leave this world one second before your ordained time until God is finished with his plan for you here on earth. And how does God ensure that we don't die prematurely? He does it through the protection of angels, Even more amazing than their physical protection is the way that they spiritually protect us. As we said earlier in Ephesians 6.12, there's this spiritual war that's going on that we don't see but we feel it every day. The oppression, the depression, the temptations that come into our life. These are not just always a part of everyday life, a natural part of living. Sometimes the source of the depression, the oppression, depression and temptation you're facing, sometimes the source is spiritual warfare. There is an attack going on in your life. A great illustration of that is in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel was feeling discouraged. He was depressed. He prayed for relief from God and no relief came from three weeks until finally an angel appeared and said, in essence, I would have been here earlier, but I was stopped by a demonic force. Now, I don't understand all of that. Don't pretend to. But what I do understand is this. There is an invisible war that is going on all around us that affects us every day. Although it's invisible, it is very, very real. And one way God protects us from this demonic warfare is through the ministry of angels. A fourth way angels minister to us is they minister to us in death. Revelation 14, 13 says, blessed, happy are those who die in the Lord. You know why we can be happy if we're Christians in the face of death? Well, certainly because we know our destination. We know we're gonna be welcomed into the presence of God. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. But also, it's the process of death that we can take comfort in. No Christian dies alone. Do you know it is the angels of God who will usher you into the presence of God when your time comes? You do not have to fear dying alone. Where do I get that in Scripture from Luke 16:22? Jesus told the story about the death of a righteous man, Lazarus, and of an unrighteous man, the rich man. And in Luke 16:22, Jesus said, "Now the poor man, Lazarus, died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried." There are countless examples I can give you of Christians who have talked about when they face death, about seeing angels there to welcome them into the presence of Jesus. The Bible says that's what happens when a Christian dies. Now, this raises an interesting question. People have asked, do Christians have guardian angels? Is there one specific angel that has been assigned to protect you throughout your life? And theologians have debated this. There are certainly some scriptures that seem to indicate that. One is Matthew 18, verse 10, in which Jesus talked about children and their angels. Now, that verse doesn't necessarily prove there's a one-to-one correspondence between each child and a particular angel. So, we don't know for sure that that is what Jesus is saying. But Ultimately, whether we have one guardian angel or not is not that important. Here's what John Calvin said. If there are legions of angels perpetually looking after our safety and well-being, it doesn't really matter where there's one specific angel assigned to every person, does it? In other words, the only thing better than having one angel available to us is having a multitude of angels available to us. But angels do minister to believers. But thirdly, finally, angels are also ministers to unbelievers. Yes, their primary purpose is to those of us who inherit salvation, Christians, but angels do have a role in the lives of unbelievers. Let me mention three of those ways. First of all, angels are ministers of God's goodness, unbelievers. We don't have time to look at this account in Genesis 16, 7 to 12, but it's the story of Hagar. Remember, she was an Egyptian bond slave. She wasn't an inheritor of the covenant of promise from Abraham. She was the bond servant, the handmaiden of Sarah. And remember when Abraham and Sarah got frustrated about God's refusal to answer their prayer for a child and honor his promise of a child. They took matters in their own hands and you know what happened. Sarah said, Abraham, why don't you have relations with this girl over here, Hagar, and maybe you all can conceive a child. That was not a good idea. Uh, Hagar gave birth to a son, Ishmael, and Sarah was embittered over it and threw Hagar out of the house. And uh, the Bible says in Genesis sixteen eight. That while Hagar was in the desert, an angel came to Hagar and said, what are you doing out here? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. And then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, the angel said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they may be too many to count. Behold, you're with child, you'll bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. God said, I'm going to bless you, Hagar. I'm going to bless your son, Ishmael. There's not an Arab today in the world who doesn't name Ishmael as his father. Ishmael's descendants were the Arabs. Now, they weren't the people of the covenant. Genesis 6, seventeen twenty one says God would fulfill his promise through Abraham and his son Isaac. But that doesn't mean God didn't bless Ishmael. He did. He blessed the Arab people. If you don't think of that, look at that pool of oil they're sitting on over there. God blessed the Arab people. God sometimes blesses unbelievers to lead them to repentance. And angels are the vehicle by which God can bless a non-Christian. There are some of you watching or listening right now, you're not yet a Christian. And you really question whether or not you need Jesus Christ in your life. You may be thinking, well, things are going pretty well for me. My family's doing great. My career is soaring. My bank account is going up every day. Why do I need God? You know, the Apostle Paul said, It is the grace of God that leads us to repentance. Sometimes God sends good things into your life to remind you of your need for Him. And that's what He did for Hagar and for Ishmael. Angels are ministers of God's goodness to unbelievers. Secondly, angels are ministers of judgment to unbelievers. We see that throughout the Bible. God used angels to deliver His judgment. In Psalm 78, 49, uh, the psalmist said it was angels who unleashed the 10 plagues upon Egypt. In 2 Kings nineteen thirty-five, God used angels to slaughter 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Remember the story of King Herod in Acts 12, 23? Herod refused to give glory to God. And what happened? Verse 23 says, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory and he was eaten by worms and died. Third, this may surprise some of you, angels are ministers of eternal death to unbelievers. In Matthew 13, verses 49 to 50, Jesus said, so it will be at the end of the age the angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will throw them into the furnace of fire in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Matthew 25, 41, Jesus talked about the lake of fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Gehenna The lake of fire, the eternal hell, hell, was originally prepared, not for human beings, but for Satan and his followers. But those of us who refuse to ever accept God's forgiveness are making a default decision to follow Satan. And that's why in Revelation chapter 20, the Bible says at the end of the great final judgment, the great white throne judgment... If any man's name was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire and tormented there day and night forever and ever. Don't miss this, ladies and gentlemen. It is not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God's desire is that everyone come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you refuse that salvation, the Bible says your end is certain. You will be cast into this furnace of fire. This isn't some Baptist evangelist saying it. It's Jesus himself in a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And here is the horrific thought that Jesus is telling us. The one who will cast unbelievers into the lake of fire will be the angels. That is their final assignment, to dispatch every unbeliever to an eternity of hell. Think about this. The last face any unbeliever sees before he's cast into hell will be the face of an angel. We've looked today at what God says about angels, God's holy angels. Our time is out, but next time, we're gonna see what God says about the other group of angels, fallen angels, we call demons. And next time, specifically, we're going to look at what can demons do to non-Christians? What can he do to Christians? We're gonna answer the question, is it possible for Christians to be demon-possessed? We're going to examine, should Christians who are feeling demonic oppression, engage in rituals like exorcisms. Are those valid today? And finally, how can we win in Satan's war to destroy our faith, our family, and our future? As you can see, there's much more ground to cover in this important teaching series. It's a practical study that I've called, What Every Christian Should Know. Bear in mind that I've written an exclusive book for you as well, also titled, What Every Christian Should Know. With a rising number of young adults turning away from their faith and others giving way to heretical teaching, my book will bolster your confidence in 10 Unchanging Truths from God's Word. A hardbound copy of my book is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Before we go, let me express a big word of thanks to our Pathway partners, whose monthly giving has accelerated our impact around the world. I want to encourage our Pathway partners with a remarkable comment I received from Charles. He wrote, Pastor Jeffress, for the past 42 months, I've been incarcerated in federal prison. I listen to your teaching on radio every morning during my exercise time, and your Sunday morning telecast has become my church. Prior to prison, I was depressed and felt like my life had become a complete waste. Your teaching helped me understand and accept that God is not done with me, despite all of my mistakes and humiliation. Through God's amazing grace, my marriage has been healed and my relationship with my sons has flourished. And then he proceeds to tell me about his plans to return home after completing his sentence, a spiritually renewed man. Isn't that great? Impacting listeners like Charles is possible because of our Pathway partners and the many who so faithfully and generously give. And now it's your turn. Would you be willing to take this step and become a Pathway partner as well? Just go to ptv.org and follow the simple instructions
0: from David thanks, Dr. Jeffers. you can sign up to become a Pathway Partner by visiting ptv.org or call us 866-999-2965. And when you give your first gift as a Pathway Partner or when you give a one-time generous gift, we'll say thanks by sending you the best-selling book by Dr. Jeffers called What Every Christian Should Know. Now, when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you the complete, unabridged collection of audio and video discs for the What Every Christian Should Know teaching series. Plus, we'll also send you a study guide to use on your own or with a small group. One more time, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. You could write to us if you'd like. Here's that mailing address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Wishing you a great weekend, then join us on Monday when Dr. Jeffress continues the topic of What Every Christian Should Know About Angels and Demons, right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Imagine
1: waking up to the sight of Alaska's majestic coastline or spotting
0: wildlife from the deck of a luxurious cruise ship. Experience these unforgettable moments on the Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Relax with us in Alaska and I guarantee you'll come home spiritually and physically refreshed. To book your spot on the 2024 Pathway to Victory cruise to Alaska, go to ptv.org. You made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory, and we're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. One of the most impactful ways you can give is by becoming a Pathway Partner. Your monthly gift will empower Pathway to Victory to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and help others become rooted more firmly in His Word. To become a Pathway Partner, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast, From Pathway to Victory.